0: Hello guys, and welcome to our podcast, The Fantastic Book Club. I'm one of the hosts, Tanisha, and he is...
1: I'm Swastik.
0: And today we are continuing with The Magnus Trees Chronicles, The Forest Book, Magnus Trees, and The Sport of Summer. Enjoy! continuing from chapter 42 we have a pre-decapitation party with spring ropes. <laughs> and okay this is in context with why we left them off remember blitz was supposed to go into this like craftsman war kind of thingy with
1: oh, junior of our yeah. people oh
0: my uh, like the son of the person who was you know who built the rope that kind of binded Fenrir's work for ages that guy and he is this master craftsman. But the, like, the tricky part of the situation is inside this, you know, craftsman battle, the traditional date is one's head. Like, they actually chop off the head of the loser. And they kind of gifted to the you winner. Know? Which is barbaric, but...
1: And the fact that this is in a children's say. novel, that's concerning. Yeah.
0: I, I am not even <laughs> seeing it as a children's novel. Like, there are so many things explored. I don't think, like, it was for a child's mind like, not in a way like generally things are presented but it's more like about discovering trauma and stuff like that yeah. okay like i think yeah. children can read it and kind of not understand it so it won't matter or much. it
1: would be like children can read it and when they grow up they'd be like yeah i was kind of prepared for this like as a child or maybe in my preteens." teens and then in my teenages, I actually kind of gradually understood those points more and more. And when I became an adult, I'm like, okay, wow, this is a masterpiece. It's just my translation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That actually makes sense in a way. And okay. But, you know, I, I don't know. Like there are so many things, especially with what I read from Hort's backstory. I'll come to it later. Like those things are. Oh, yeah. man. But. <laughs> And we're okay, continuing with the story. So, you know, Blitz is kind of freaking out because he is probably going to die and Junior is just like, god with, with, like, building things and everything. So they are having a talk and Hurt and Sam had come at this point and they have joined, you know, Magnus and Blitz and they're all talking and, like, Hurt and Sam have an interesting, like, sign conversation. And I really don't know like why. Okay, okay, actually I can figure it out because Sam is Loki's daughter and Hurt knows it. So he would know what is going on. But Hurt kind of signs to Sam that uh, you can turn into that and like help it out. And Sam gets extremely like mad at Hurt that, why are you telling about that? I told you and asked you not to mention about it. And Hurt was like, no, he's going to die. And Magnus is like, what are you guys even talking about? Uh... And just before this, yeah, and just before this, like Hurt had also asked, it is almost like Hurt is acting like this master manager, like at, in this moment, for Blitz, like he's kind of making sure that he doesn't die. And it's kind of cute, but it's like also this stress, sudden stress, okay. And Magnus's duty in this entire situation is to kind of make sure that nobody tries to Hurt Blitz or like, you know, try to kill Blitz while the competition is going on and not like creating a massacre. And at the same time, like uh, Sam is given this task by her, which we don't know yet, but which is going to like be an important part because just after hearing it, she gets kind of mad. And then she leaves the place, uh, you know, claiming that she needs air and Minus Gates gets mad at her. Which leads us into chapter 43, which is Let the crafting of decorative metal water- waterfall begin. <laughs> which leads us into chapter 43, Let the crafting of decorative metal. Be metal. <laughs> Let
1: me say it again.
0: Metal. Uh, which leads us to chapter 43, Let the crafting of decorative metal waterfall begin. Okay, so this particular chapter kind of starts with, you know, the competition beginning, and it they, is like an interesting scenario because it is a basketball court kind of thing, where people are, have come there with picnic baskets and stuff. So like, you know, at the end of the day, somebody is supposedly going to die, Like is going to be beheaded, and they have come with picnic baskets and, like, you know, oh, whatever, whatever you do, when <laughs> you it's go, like... like it's like the
1: seventeenth seventeenth uh, or sixteenth century France, like the post French Revolution period. It's kinda like that. Like people arranging uh-huh. for the kilotin and stuff. No, I,
0: I <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because I don't think people did go there with picnic baskets. Like they were <laughs> actually
1: bloodthirsty. thirsty. No. And
0: I don't know, like yeah, they were bloodthirsty thirsty for a reason. Like, they have been tortured for ages yeah it was like you know that thing but here it was more like they have no like no reason to you know wish harm on any of them but they still like they're not even wishing harm they're just enjoying they whatever it's, it's
1: more harm. like is well, I think the vibe is more like the hunger games here people just enjoy yeah yeah
0: yeah exactly <laughs> i I thought that actually like Mm-hmm. It is kind of like this entire ridiculous scenario where people are just like, yeah, somebody is going to die. I don't even really care. I'm just going to try this scenario. And the, like, the thing begins, like the competition begins. And Blitz is dressed, And this is like a, such a unique trait, I might say, that whenever Blitz is, Blitz is, he is stressed, he makes ducks. Like, that, that I can assure mm. that nobody does that other <laughs> than I've never heard about it before but like he makes a duck which can expand and which can shrink up this is ridiculous and junior was making something genius I forgot the driver. It was he was making something genius that something profound crafts money but something happens like this little thing flies around and he kind of you know slaps his own face because this insect came out of nowhere and it kind of flips his like almost made thing and it falls down on the ground and says, this thing happens like three times and like the competition was going to go on for three rounds and this very thing happens three times and Madness is out here you know trying to protect Blitz with his sword by the way this sword takes a very good name later but right now this I'm going just going to call it the sword and he is kind of swinging his sword trying to protect Blitz. and out there some insect is trying to help mm-hmm. them huh, an insect and Hulk is just standing there you know, trying to watch it all and uh, after the first round ends Magnus gives let's a uh, pep talk like you know, you are very good with fashion. You should do something about, with fashion, you know. And Blitz is like, they do not see it as craft. They do not see it, you know, as like something respectable. And Magnus is like, then make something that involves fashion. And Blitz is like, Yohoo, I am sure I can make something like that. And he makes an armor and the necktie matching with that armor, which is also kind of kind of can protect you after that. And well, so, like this entire thing is kind of, you know, again, like I say, that I think Jordan tries to kind of like playfully write childish scenarios. And, no, this is not childish, but whatever childish scenarios and kind of like use them as a metaphor. And I don't know, like the entire thing about fashion not being accepted as, you know, yeah. a respectable form of craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is like it just kind of weirdly reminded me of people like who are in various forms of art not like they're constantly told that you're not doing a real job or whatever like it is a common thing in the real world right yeah uh, it, it kind makes of did that. yeah, <laughs> yeah and maybe that happened because you know I was read- you have seen the book I was reading like the book by Frederick Batman. And in the back of it, while well, he, like, wrote, you know, the author's notes and everything, he wrote that, uh, and, you know, thank you to all of those people who, like, wanted me to get a real job. And he's, like, this oh, author. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, cool, whatever.
1: I, I don't, I'm not sure about this, but um, do you see that Hurt wears this scarf around his neck? which obviously was yeah. stylized by blitz and blitz in yeah. his armor has this necktie around the neck of the armor which plays an important part like i don't know i find it cute
0: yeah actually you had mentioned at the beginning when we were just starting to do this back i i will notice that hurt and blitz act like a couple mm-hmm. and How is this even a canon? Because they are definitely a couple. Like, I (laughs) not feel like, how this is a canon? How this is a canon? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, they are screaming it, like, with their actions. So how this is a canon? This is a Uh, real, this is not a canon. They
1: are are real couples. We have determined and declared it to the internet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is not a canon. I will not accept it. (laughs) <laughs> it is not a talent, period like madness notices it and you know you we were discussing in, in the scarlet episode like authors do this little thing where they kind of just you know play out this entire atmosphere build this entire atmosphere to make us yeah. understand that this is the couple we were supposed to root for exactly you don't understand he oh, <laughs> does that yep it happens and like the way Hurt is kind of, you know, he is this kind of quieter than the rest of the group is complete cowards. He's he, not because he's like he cannot speak, but yeah. because nature is he's nature is kind of quiet. Yeah. He's like
1: yeah. it's not because he is not quiet because he can't make any sounds through his like throat. He's quiet because it's his <laughs> yeah. nature. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. That is what I'm talking about. But whenever like Blitz is in any kind of danger, he just goes into this like, what can <laughs> I say? Like, I, I, I have half in mind to compare him to Kris Jenner, but <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, that like he doesn't care what, how he is playing the game. He just wants it to be safe. So yeah, that happens. Uh-huh. And okay, so when, is the, like, when the things are being judged, you know, on the table, like <laughs> the things are being placed in front of the judge, one of them is Navi for some, some but yeah, they are being placed in front of the judges and the judges are kind of looking at it and they're like, okay, so we have a rubber duck, we have an armor, we have a necktie and we have like three broken things. And, okay, so looking at both of them, I am sure that this is very hard on us. We cannot judge. We, I, it, it is so hard. We cannot decide who is supposed to win. But with a very heavy heart, we're saying that we have to choose a winner. So it's going to the blitz. Son. <laughs> like They're like, oh, my God, thank God. And so, yeah, like blitz is also like, oh, oh God, I am safe. And is like, yeah, but Kevin, I do not care. Kill me. I don't care because in a world where Blitz wins a craft man can, the competition, I don't want to live. Like this is like his ego being hurt or something. And he's like, yeah, kill me, kill me. And Blitz is like, sorry, but I don't want to kill you. And <laughs> Junior's like, what? And yeah, like Blitz tells him that I have no intention of giving you. And I just want you to, like, apologize for everything you said about my father. And I want you to do a favor of, like, build the room. And with that, we come to the next chapter, which is chapter 44. Junior wins a bag of tears.
1: Well, before you continue, do you... But you don't know about this. So let me just clarify this. Um, Well, we don't know still now. But uh, this event of a fly interrupting a dwarf's uh, craftsmanship just to make it faulty so that it can harm them. And in front of the judges, it would be like, Oh my God, this is faulty. So I cannot make this the winner, right? This thing is actually mentioned in the Norse mythology. And, um, I'm not going to give you the whole background story. I'll just say that there were two groups of dwarves and they were supposed to make these like amazing gifts for the gods. And well, one of those gifts were Sif, who was basically the uh, wife of Thor. Her golden hair, which by the way, Loki had cut off entirely, shaving his wife's head. I'm not going into details about that but um and another gift and this is <laughs> actually like marvelous and yes that was a pun because the gift was mjolnir so mjolnir, oh, what is that mjolnir the hammer of thor
0: oh, oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh, that was when the dwarves had made things for the god. And there was some kind of an event where... Uh,
0: Thor is an idiot, by
1: the way. Thor is I, an idiot. No, I
0: just I can't
1: We just, can't yeah, we agree that. on that completely. Well, the gods decided that it was very important that the dwarves never win, no matter what. And so there was always this, like, a fault. And uh, I just remember the fault in uh, Thor's hammer was that it was too short. Like it was too short to be used, like to be used with both hands, you know, like because hammers are supposed to be like war hammers or hammers that, that the builders use in their jobs. It are like kind of long and large as hammers, which they use with both hands and strike down the blow. And Thor's hammer is something that you use with only like one hand. And that's the specialty about it also, which is the fault about it. And these were done. Just now, here's the part that I'm going to let you guess. Who do you think okay. was the creature that actually caused the dwarves to create faults in their craftsmanship?
0: I think it's Loki. Yep,
1: you're 100% correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I guess everybody guessed, like, who was the fly too, for this entire, like, Mm-hmm. You know, background because, well, I, 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 I think I can mention it. the fly is that the horse fly. I, I don't know though what horse flies are. I, I haven't. It
1: I'm guessing I think I'll like, it later. There, are, there are flies, there are house flies, there are fruit flies, there are dragonflies. So I'm guessing there are horse
0: flies too. <laughs> I don't know. Dragonflies are pretty. But yeah, <laughs> there are butterflies, for God's sake.
1: Yeah, honey. No, honeybees. You, nice.
0: you didn't mention those. Yeah, those aren't exactly flies. <laughs> They're slightly big, bigger. But I don't know. I will see it later. See to it later. <laughs> but yeah, right now, this entire competition has gotten a result and they are having an Kind of when Junior is kind of overwhelmed, like oh my god, you don't want to kill me? Of course I'll help you. He still doesn't like isn't too eager to apologize or anything, but like he's like oh my god, of course I'll help you. I'll build you the rope and everything. And kind of after that, like Sam comes into view and Magnus is looking and like Sam's eye is black and like there is some kind of like bruise forming up on her face, and Magnus is like what has happened to you? And like. Sam wasn't trying to, you know, come into the vision of, not vision, but like, come inside of Junior, in front of Junior. And Junior sees her and he's like, wait, you are the horse, like. And <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. like I was guessing something was okay, yeah, But I okay. still haven't understood what was going on. it's was like, oh, this is going on. And Junior is joining the dots right now that, oh, my God, this is what's happened. uh you know, let's send somebody to sabotage all of my work and that person succeeded. And now like that person is, you know, in front of me so I can blame it on like this person. And He, he loses his nuts. Like he screams and calls everybody to kind of join him. And like the, you know, core that we are supporting right now. They are like, run, just run. And they start, like, running into a mad dash, and they're just running, running, running through the, you know, the small, dingy, like, roads and everything, and suddenly, like, Heart is leading the troop, kind of, and suddenly, all of it like, this golden net appears around Blitz, and the golden net kind of, like, surrounds him, and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to tear out, but I can't, and, you know, Magnus, and, some kind of just start following her. And they're kind of calling bits too. But this is like, wait, my mom needs her earbuds. And Oh, man. <laughs> and he just disappears. Like, poof. Oh
1: Man. Moms can be like really clingy. And petty too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um- that can happen. But I think for your rings that was a little bit like pushing it, like <laughs> pushing it maybe.
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. and yeah this is the point we enter chapter 45 in which is i get in on jack and jack is so cool. you mentioned that jack is appealing uh, captive by the way uh,
1: mm-hmm. probably the second summer favorite render? yeah
0: yeah just i a random And I would surely not want to disrespect him by calling him a name he doesn't like. So yeah, I would just gonna call him Jack. So when this entire, you know, dash like they're running and running and running and the people are kind of catching up to them and Hurt is like far gone, kind of in the line, like he's kind of at the beginning and Sam and Magnus are kind of just kind of kind of panting and kind of trying to catch up to Hurt and Blitz has gone. So at this point, oh, Magnus recalls He calls that he has his sword, which is probably the strongest sword in this entire universe. <laughs> <laughs> he, he suddenly remembers that, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can use it!" And like he calls, and he has like remembered that the sword can kind of respond. Like the sword used to hum a little bit. So this, for the first time, he decides to actually respectfully talk to the sword, and he's like. <laughs> hey, summer brander, can you please um, maybe help us out in this situation? And, you know, the summer brander grants the wish. It comes to life and it just is like, hey I'm, hey, I'm like the summer brander and whatever. And I can help you out. Uh, but you will like feel that exhaustion after the work is done. And I am yep. like, whatever, we're just going to get killed anyways. And this summer is like, yeah, cool. Okay, I'll help out. And like, it just, you know, kind of flies out of his hand. And it just kind of, it doesn't kill anybody exactly. It just kind of like, you know, hits everybody kind of. And makes sure, sure that nobody's following them for a while. Then Magnus holds it back in his hand and he's trying to keep it independent. And it's like, I wouldn't do that. After like you do that, you're going to collapse because of the exertion. And they're running, and they at this point they meet her. And we're just looking through this, you know, river kind of thing that that is flowing and Mm -hmm. that is going somewhere which they don't know where. And her just like jump in. And Sam and Magnus both of them are very skeptical about this. Like, I would be too, though, so I cannot complain about this in that situation. And they're like, okay, But And her just like. I and Blitz have already done it before, so it's nothing new. And I don't know see? why it will end up in, they're, but,
1: they're literally yeah. couples who have had a previous life and gonna have a future life. Like,
0: almost like grandma and grandpa.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they decide to jump in at the end of the day because, you know, presents There is an <laughs> army following them, army of junior And okay, the next chapter is chapter forty-six, which is another dream chapter. And I'm seeing a pattern in the dream chapters. You know, okay, this is a weird way to call it. This is a chapter where he has a dream. And the name of the chapter is "Aboard the Good Ship Tony." And <laughs> in this chapter, I'll go ahead. a king Loki. Hmm. And uh-huh. honestly, like, I think out of all the gods I've met, I know, like, this might be, again, you know, kind of biased uh, because of the way we know the Marvel characters. But mm-hmm. I think I like Loki best amongst the gods I've met yet. And, yeah, that's it. And so this, again, opens up with Loki kind of sitting at this I mean, kind of setting.
1: I'm going to see this once and for all even from outside the perspective of the Marvel movies, I'll just say that me as a person who has actually like kind of studied many mythologies, Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, Japanese, Chinese, Celtic, and
0: some of, of, and Indian, obviously,
1: I'll just say that Loki is a peculiarly unique character. Like, I haven't seen a person. Like, Loki is Loki, the queerest of all the gods. And he is, I don't know, like, there's some slyness to him, which is, which was actually well I maintained. like it. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, like, so well-maintained by Tom Hiddleston, by the way, like, I just... I just had to put that out Uh because I just Uh feel like that was something and the fact that he has a sad undertone because he's always an outcast and he was always a victim, but also at the same time did horrible criminal things. I think, yeah, it's like a misunderstood uh, antagonist. That's what Loki is. And in just in a more peculiar and a anti-hero. Like yeah, the, the anti-hero. you know,
0: I remember this post like when the, the series of dedicated to Loki came out, mm-hmm. obviously inside the Marvelverse, but like when it came out, a lot of fans all over like you know the, the internet threads, they were kind of going crazy that at last Marvel acknowledged that Loki is not a villain, he's an anti-hero.
1: And I also, you know like, I ha- also, Marvel actually accepted the fact that Loki is bisexual. Like he's the first openly queer character in the whole of the Marvel Marvel universe. Um. Ah.
0: Oh, I I actually did not notice. Yeah. I did not notice. Like he was the first that do
1: not? And it was so subtly done. Cool. Like it was so artfully done because, like. There was just, I'll just spoil this small bit for you. So there was this conversation with a person. Well, I'm not going to go who that person is. That person was asking, well, with a face like yours, you must have a lot of suitors back home, huh? Many princesses. A little pause. Or maybe even some princess. As in princess with a single S. Not the plural of princess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Loki was like, Hmm, well, a bit of both. And I was like, that is so artfully done. And the, ah, and the whole episode was done under the bisexual lighting, like the pink at the top and the blue at the bottom. And like, that's a dreamy aesthetic lighting. But also like the whole episode was just so, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I'm
0: just... Okay. I can talk hours and hours. This is interesting, actually. Honestly, like, I, when I recall, like, I think, in a way, like, I don't know why in my head kind of compares Lucifer and Loki all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: For some reason, like, it does. And that is the reason I was not, like, you know, kind of like, uh, okay, like, this is something different because Lucifer was bisexual too. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, somehow just, I was like, okay, but, you know, I don't know, like, I felt very normal about it, but I mean, now that I, I think, remember,
1: like, yeah. yeah, in the Marvelverse,
0: yeah, the, there uh,
1: wasn't, like, any other queer character. Exactly, like, the uh, uh, Netflix series, Lucifer, played by, what was his name, by the way? Tom, Tom. Ellis? I'm, Tom Ellis.
0: Tom Ellis, Tom Ellis, yeah,
1: yeah. Tom Ellis. Uh, played Tom by Tom Ellis. Ellis, and Loki played by Tom Hilsen. Wow, both have terms. So, yeah, the two terms did a great job. They were like these.
0: And both of them are British.
1: Oh my God. So, like evil, sly, misunderstood, villain, gentleman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Standards. Standards. (laughs) Uh And, I don't know, also at the same time, Loki here. I don't know if he's being truthful or not, but he always like acts like a father figure to Magnus. He kind of does. Mm. You know, popping up in his dreams, kind of giving visions about things like that is not like a things a normal father would do. See, that's the thing. Future.
1: I think like but, uh, the way people portray, portray the evil is that the evil proposes nothing to you, like nothing good and even that was in the writings of uh, Rick Riordan actually like you'll get to know in the Percy Jackson series that when the evil like the antagonist comes up and actually uses up the resources of a human being in the story who is actually becomes the victim by the way like the evil just destroys that person's life but here like Loki was always like as far as I remember was always proposing ideas to Magnus and like if you join this army, you might have these advantages. You might get to meet your mom. You might get to like, he was always giving like these uh, options to Magnus. And it was like, if you join this army, this might happen, which was maybe, maybe was a bluffing on Loki's part, but also at the same time, like if it were true, then it was like worth it for Magnus. It's just, I think Riordan did a very good job. You know, job the
0: thing about putting, like the people who bluff, and I evil. somehow don't hate it. You know, like the entire bluffing, if, even if a person is bluffing, I don't know why, but I don't hate it as long as they are kind of, you know, hope because when a person is in a stage, you know, like out of it, because people generally you kind know, of give fake hope when a person is absolutely hopeless, even if they mm-hmm. have this false hope, it is hope at the end of the day. And, like, as long as it keeps them going, like, every day is a step, right? Like, life is not that easy. And every day is a step. And Magnus out here, like, half the time, he is taking everything with, you know, a slight like, joke about everything. But, obviously, he has lost his mother. He has kind of died. And he yeah. is feeling like an outcast, even though he has friends. His friends are themselves outcasts of He's constantly feeling that he's creating hassle for everybody else. Like, this is quite evident because he constantly was saying sorry to Sam before also that sorry, you got get out of the, you know, Valkyrie thingy out of because of me. And he also feels like hurt. And, you know, they had to go through the homeless life because of him. He's constantly feeling that he's bringing everybody down. So it can't be easy. And like, even if Loki is giving him fake hope, it is hope. Yeah. I don't know. Like
1: yeah. I feel like that. I also feel the same way. That's why I value kindness over honesty as my moral. Mm-hmm. As my moral, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I I do not want like everybody to you know there would be a time to swallow the bitter pill of truth or whatever we could call it. But if you don't like, if 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 you can like you know put some sweet into your mouth and kind of you know let it coat your. It like, tastes a little bit, the bitter might seem even more bitter, but before it, you at least had this for a little while, like, even if it yeah. tastes more bitter later, you had it. Yeah, that is my perspective, but you with the story, Loki comes up like, with this ridiculous thing, which is a tonal shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is ridiculous and it has a name by the way which is Fur. I think I pronounced it correctly if I didn't tell I mean so and it's incomplete and it has you know like it is ridiculous because it is made of toenails but at the same time it is ridiculously detailed too like it has completely built like wolf heads at the Front, except one of the wolf heads isn't complete because of lack of toenails for the <laughs> yeah I just yeah it's I mean like,
1: it's, it's not just disgusting I'm just okay here's my thought Uh, I think it's clarified that it's made of toenails because it's one of the things that people like just throw away and don't expect ever to return yeah, yeah. so yeah. I'm just saying that there are many things in the world that people throw away and don't expect to return. You could use that as a waste food from the fast food chains. You could make a ship out of it. Why toenails? I just I just I I don't know. Like why toenails though? That there's so many things out there. So many things. Yeah,
0: maybe because it has like Really, to some extent, but even if you consider that there are less disgusting things you can use, do I don't know.
1: I think so.
0: I don't know. Yeah, like white like toenails. White toenails. White like, uh. toenails. Yeah. You could it use
1: toenails. eyelashes. And
0: like, think about somebody. Yeah, I was also thinking about that, but at the same time, like, that might not be too hygienic at the same time. <laughs> but not toenails. Like, it is as bad as toenails just think about somebody like because these twin toenails belong to the people in hell or something like that like hell people hell. who have died you know hell, hell. Mm-hmm. and just thinking about somebody going there and kind of taking a tweezer and pulling out like obviously they won't feel pain probably because they're dead or something like pulling it with the tweezer and thank you I'm taking this toenail god why <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just talked about a very strange thing for such a long time, but yeah, Magnus is also very dismissive by this thing, and he's also kind of freaked out by the rules, because obviously he has kind of a little bit of PTSD about it. You know,
1: um, I actually asked- did a Google search, and I kind of found out the other day that there's genuine phobia of holes, which is probably called lopophobia or something. And I also found this on the Magnus Chase like verse fandom wiki, and it was like I was like, oh, oh. I didn't know about that. So it, yeah,
0: it, no, no, that won't. His won't be lopophobia. I'm pretty sure his won't be called lopophobia because for anything with Like, which has phobia in it is generally because you like phobia basically means fear of something you cannot explain. Mm -hmm. So, like, I am kind of like, you know, uh, if some place is extremely like without any windows or stuff like that, it freaks me out. I have no idea why. So, that is probably my me being claustrophobic to some extent, but because I have no reason to be afraid of it, but he has generally reasons to be afraid of it. So I don't think it would be lophobia.
1: What if what if he was lobophobic from his childhood, and then it just happened to be the wolves that attacked the place where he said his last goodbye to his mother? What if lobophobia came mm-hmm. first?
0: <laughs> I mean, you could say that, <laughs> but it seems like he kind of you know ties every wolf in this world to his mother's demise. So, yeah, it just seemed
1: otherwise. Yeah, makes sense. But
0: yeah, whatever. It It might be both. I'm not saying that there are no chances, but the chances are it is like PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, none of us have anything to do with like (laughs) psychology. None of us have studied it. We just just ramble on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're just rambling. And okay, so Loki and Magnus kind of start chatting about it and lucky adult manners that, you know, uh, I think you're dying, but I really hope for your sake that you wake up and for my sake too, and you keep like the sport safe and stuff. And I might suggest like a safe spot for the, uh, you know, the sport. And mine is like with you. And it's like, don't attempt to make it I might say that, but I would say Uncle Randolph and I'm like, whoa, he is a human, by the way. <laughs> and the final is just like, why Randolph? And look tells him that he has studied a lot about this board and he knows a lot. And which is like true, just the thing But just because you know about something doesn't mean you can protect it, to be honest. And mm-hmm. I was very skeptical about it too. And Magnus is, is skeptical at the same time, but he's also thinking that what would what, what, like, Loki gain from it? He has literally zero things to gain from this entire situation. So he's kind of thinking about it. And then he looks at Loki's like, hand and he sees that there are kind of like rope bones on Loki's arms. He's like, what's well, what happened out there? And Loki's like, I guess you know that I am eternally tied to this like." rope in this mountain setting and Magnus doesn't like yeah I heard I heard you killed some god called Balder and is like yeah yeah like he's Mr. Perfect he was Mr. Perfect and he was Frigg's like son and Frigg was like mad about like mad proud about Balder and so Frigg basically so the tale then of course that Frigg basically asked all the gods kind of like to make sure that nobody can ever like hurt Balder. And mm-hmm. so like Fred asked for this boon and it was like granted. And well
1: now Yeah, it's 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 it was not just a boon, like it was not like that. It was more like, well, I'm just saying this from the POV of the Norse mythology that I've read, which obviously is not the only true version, obviously, but I think it <laughs> makes more sense. Really? Uh well, um, I read that Balder was actually kind of elected by the other gods because Balder was the god's favorite. Like he was the favorite of all the gods, the favorite god. And the gods elected that they wanted Balder to be the person who was safe from everything. And Frigg actually went to each and every element that as you were saying, uh, each and every yeah. element across the universe and asking them that they would not hurt Balder. And I'll let you complete yeah. the story
0: then. Everybody agreed, except Frigg forgot about one tiny plant, which is the mistletoe. And Mm -hmm. this plant had little doubts in it. And so in the after-party celebration of Balder kind of becoming invincible and everything. You know, the gods were celebrating by throwing things at Balder because anything (laughs) cannot hurt Balder anyways. So they were kind of like just throwing things at Balder. And Loki decided, like, he will make sure... that Balder gets hit by the dance of mistletoe, which happened, which made Balder die and go down to, like, one of the other hymns or something like that. So Balder basically died, and the gods were furious. Obviously, like, Loki killed one of the gods, and I think this is something located purely out of jealousy. I don't know any other backstory other than that, but it seemed like something that mm-hmm. Loki wasn't okay with. Like, like he puts it, like, he wasn't okay with the Mister Perfect becoming Mister Invincible, so yeah. oh, he killed him.
1: It was not just that; it was also the fact that, um, I mean, yeah, it this story, at least in this part of the story, it was moved because Loki was just evil, plain and simple. That's the only reason. But also, like you can see that. As you said, the pretty privilege. Loki was the person who was against that. Loki was the person who stood up when people were actually swooning over the mainstream media portrayed personality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so like there's some parts of the story which I like, but also there's a big chunk of a part which actually was not like introduced, I guess, in this part of the story, which Loki actually used was that Loki did not throw the dart himself. He made the brother of Balder, I actually forgot his name, this God who happened to be blind. And it is me because this God was, because he was blind, right? So a disabled person is always kind of overshadowed. And now when you're you're the disabled brother, sibling of the Mr. Perfect God, you're overshadowed like hell. And so this god, like Loki just whispered into his ear that, you know, like since people are throwing things at him, why don't you throw this dart at him? And Loki was invisible all this while. And he kind of like positioned the dart and directed it towards Balder. Like it and it appeared that it was this blind god who actually threw the dart. And then when Balder died, the gods kind of executed this blind god too, so that's a more evil crime on Loki's part. Yeah,
0: I don't like this one. <laughs> I do not like it one bit. And um, yeah, it kind of unlocked me. But at the same time, you know, I do realize that even after like so many wrongdoings, like Loki kind of stayed a god because he was like born as a god this kind of reminds me of the thing like you know it is so easy to like if somebody does something wrong and if some especially if somebody does something horrible it is so like easy to like call them a monster or whatever but at the end of the day we forget that obviously it's not okay like it to kill somebody i'm definitely not promoting that i'm definitely not promoting voting anybody but it is like so easy to kind of forget that they have a stone and that is what I'm mm. talking about. Like it is so easy to kind of forget it, and yeah. And another thing, that, again, out of context completely. Uh, I was recently watching this really true crime, pod, like podcast, true crime commentary thingy on YouTube, and the like the person who was doing the commentary told that there was this victim who was killed by six people, and the six people were kind of you know. Mm. Making each other like, yeah, do this, do that kind of thing. They were kind of boosting each other's courage up. And in a way, like, obviously, I'm not talking about murder in the story, but when you mentioned Paul being kind of, you know, being mainstream and kind of portrayed as this thing, I obviously cannot help but wonder that if this is the thing, like, this is how the entire society works. Like, somebody is thinking something and then they uh, tell the other person that, yeah, yeah, that's good. And the other person, had like a minimum thought like that person was kind of cynic about it but now because the other person told them that yeah that is good yeah. they are also like yeah that's good like this is how the entire world kind of one person's opinion kind of starts you know pushing it on everybody's opinion mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just becomes this ridiculous thing i think this is how like every kind of convention was ever built like exactly. it was somebody's thought
1: it was like literally that that's how conventions, traditions, customs, which are uh-huh. now, now got under the label of culture uh, evolved. Also, I think that's exactly how religion evolved. But whatever, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> also, the fact that like in today's world, that's exactly how social media works. That's something. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I did not think about that, but yeah, that is exactly how, in a way, social media is like this compact, this like, representation of the entire society. Like we kind of bad about yeah. social media, not me, but a lot of people do. And like the people who use social media just, you know, write them off as boomers or whatever. But at the end of the day, like it is true that social media is toxic because the society is toxic, not otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-huh. And like obviously Loki is telling the story, and the worst part hasn't come yet because till now, like, Loki is pretty much acting as the villain of the story. Like you say, that he's ridiculously villainous at this moment. But after this, when they probably discover at some point that Loki is the person who killed the border, Loki is being, you know, arrested or apprehended or something, and then they do this. Strange thing, which is they capture oh, two of Loki's favorite sons, mm-hmm. Valley and Navir, and like they turn Navir into this, or Valley, they turn Valley into this wolf, and they make Valley like eat Navir. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and probably Loki he watches it all and like mm-hmm. he's apprehended. And then, like, once like the still human. Brother dies. The wolf one is being gutted, mm. and I just don't know. Like I had this very queasy feeling. Like at this point, Magnus asks Loki that your hands weren't being tied by the ropes, right? And Loki says, "No, they those weren't ropes." And I don't know, like what were they? Because I don't want to say anything. I don't want to assume anything. But like I <laughs> have a very bad feeling.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I did I actually like tell you the story of Loki in this part, like he is lying yeah, on the you. yeah, I did. You so, did, like, you're taking away that, yeah,
0: he, he had, he's supposed to stay there all the
1: time. Yeah, and uh, I specifically mentioned that his hands were tired because but they were not rope, and so they were actually god the entrails of the remains of his sons both of his
0: sons i i guess that i and that's like that that's <sighs> that is ridiculous that is like i mentioned the term ridiculous so many times and so, and this might be the word of the day for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but yeah. this is
0: actually ridiculous
1: you know like uh i think i I, I have no idea. That's why I began the episode by saying that Magnus is... Sometimes it, I just doubted that it's a children's book at one point because this... I mean, I think the, it is Vaya kind of
0: because the, like yeah. the protagonist is Vaya at the end of the day So I yeah, think it would be more of a
1: Vali book. I would say but so. But
0: this is not like normal. <laughs>
1: this is not normal. But, and also like... Uh, I mean, in the Percy Jackson as you would go on and you would discover that Riordan, like you have already started to discover stuff like uh, about the Medusa thing and all that, that Riordan has actually like rounded off many rough ages of the Greek mythology. But Uh I would say like uh, the Norse mythology is somehow way more rougher than that of the Greek mythology. Like the Greek mythology had like this... um, more sensual parts and Norse mythology had more of these bloody parts, if that makes any sense.
0: Okay, whatever. So you know when Loki is kind of explaining this entire thing, Loki suddenly goes like, Oh my god, you're going to meet Thor. And Magnus is like, Why am I going to meet Thor? And he's like, You're waking up, we don't have time, you're going to meet Thor. And Magnus is like, what? And then Loki says that you are going to have a mouth to mouth with the goat, and my sister <laughs> is saying like, wait what? And I'm like, wait what? Because yeah, so this um. is not okay. <laughs> Again, disgusting. And yeah, this is how we enter our like forty seventh chapter, which is a psychoanalysis of code. and by the by the goat, I was going to say by the goat. <laughs> by the way, like, this goat is depressed as fuck. Like, oh so my. depressed. I don't know, like. <laughs> yes. And it has reasons to be depressed. Exactly. By the because, oh my God. Like, the owner feels it every day and doesn't pay any attention to it. And the therapist has also, like, warned it against being, like, you know, so into its thoughts and everything. <laughs> like, the goat has a therapist. <laughs> That's exactly my like point. Code. The goat has a therapist, yeah. but it's a god's goat, so maybe it's more superior than us in a way. I so yeah. I so think his
1: therapist quality. is like a zookeeper come therapist, like I don't know.
0: <laughs> what? I have never seen him. See, have a goat and keep it alive. <laughs> really oh man. Yeah. Anyways, he would have it and just feed it to the tigers. Yeah. And so like Magnus wakes up, getting a mouth to mouth. <laughs> and Magnus is like, you smell bad. Like you have bad. <laughs> and he just wakes up and he, he freaks out like what's going on? And like the quote is like, yeah, I saved you and whatever. And I think you are going to die. I and then Magnus looks around and like, Sam and her. I how are they and they're lying by him and the goat goes like they're go they're die and Mangus rushes to them and checks their pulse and the goat is like they're going to die anyways Mangus, how do you like shut up and the goat takes it personally he's like yeah I'm going to shut up I'm going to keep shut such <laughs> an so emo goat and. But then Magnus kind of, you know, tries to revive Sam, which kind of goes quickly, and Sam kind of gets revived. But when it comes to her, this this kind of doesn't go, because there is some kind of, like, darkness in, like, Hurt's heart. Like, he has some kind of sorrow that he doesn't process. He's like, making it hard for Magnus to revive. But Magnus tries to put his, like, best memories with his mother, you know, the warmth of it, inside Hurt. And after, like, a lot of struggle, Hurt... Survives and Magnus starts alone. And after this entire like ordeal happens, the goat is like, I think I thought you were going to kill me. And Magnus is like, Why are you guys planning on killing him? They're like, No, where are you? And Magnus is like, No. So nobody's trying to kill me. Okay. Like the goat is, But I wouldn't mind if you kill me by <laughs> and, like, Oh my god. And <laughs> yeah, like, he's actually ridiculous. But this is the point we realized that. This goat belongs to freaking Thor, and Thor treats the goat like shit. And uh, this goat's name is Otis. By the way, this goat's name is something ridiculous, which practically means te- teeth grinder. But I forgot like the strange name. <laughs> so he calls himself Otis. And so Otis has got lost. And basically, so uh, he was supposed to fetch her for Thor or something. And he got lost and now he's trying to find his way back to Thor and uh, because they, you know, Magnus and the team kind of needs to seek out Thor, so they are going to, you know, going to go to Thor and Otis decides he needs them except he doesn't know the road. So Magnus calls Jack back to life and Jack wakes up and he's like, okay, how can I help you? "Oh, Oh, Otis, how are you? Otis and his word starts chit chatting with each other. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine how it might look?
1: I mean, yeah, I it, it might look the worst, but as I said, Jack, whenever he interacts, I'm like, woohoo in the back. Yeah, huh. so like
0: he's a cool character. Like he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's very like, you know fun too like in a very Magnus way also. He's
1: like and when he, he was, has the introvert humor in an extrovert's body. I don't know what else how to describe
0: this it. Just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, when he was speaking his name too by the way I forgot to mention that conversation like when he was picking his name too he was like your name is Magnus I can be Magnus and Magnus is like no you can't be Magnus because I am Magnus <laughs> and And he's like, so who is that? And he's like, Sam. And so I can be Sam? No, you cannot be Sam either. So what can I be? And Magnus is like, you can be Jack. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like the name of a king. So (laughs) that is how he got his name. Uh. (laughs) And at this point, like, Magnus asks Jack to, you know, find Thor. And Jack is like, yeah, I can sense like extra heat and lightning energy from this part. So he's pretty much there. He's pretty much there. he can just go up to like I will lead you guys there. And Magnus is like, "Yeah, sure, he's there." And Jack is like, "Yeah, whatever. I think there are sixty percent chances he will live." And Magnus is like, "Jack is isn't free," and he's like, "Jeez, so uptight."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Uh huh. Also, the fact he's lead- I think. In this series, Thor can be just found by his fart smell. I mean, yeah, thanks. Yeah, he's a farting machine.
0: I think it hasn't happened yet, but his farts are mentioned already, so I won't be surprised. <laughs> you think about a god meeting a god? I'm thinking about the most about that god is his farts. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck.
1: And the fact that his wife is, like, one of the most supposedly beautiful people on the universe. Like, Sif is a person with the blonde hair, like the golden blonde hair. And she's, like, one of the most beautiful women. And this man just has no brains and farts all day. And, yeah, whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why that made me think of gay but, yeah, I don't know. Ugh. But, yeah, in, in a very, and I think, like, the world is kind of obsessed with blonde here, but, like, which
1: Yeah, history, true, but, yeah.
0: But, yeah, and this will lead us to chapter 48, which is Hearthstone, passes out even more than Jason Grace. though I have no idea who that is. By the way, I don't have any idea who Jason Grace is either, So, did you caught any idea
1: about it? Well, 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 I'll just tell you this the Jason Grace would be like just like we have a Pulsi Jackson series, right? We could also have Uh a Jason Grace series by Rick Riordan. I'll just leave you to that. Yeah. Thank you.
0: This confused me.
1: Do you remember the time when I told you about the Heroes of Olympus series, right? The fact uh-huh. that Percy's action is not the only protagonist right there. Like the Persebeth are not.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. okay. 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 I'm getting it.
1: Yeah. Okay. And Jason, like, as you can see, clearly read from this part that Jason has a, well, not a habit, but he's like, He has this thing when he just passes out so many times, like just so many times throughout, like the first book in that series. Like, yeah, okay. A lot of
0: people have like easy nerves. That
1: is not, oh, no, 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 but okay, no. Jason's passing outs are totally god involved, and the god, well, not just god involved, goddess involved, and the goddess is Hera, and we hate Hera, so they that's there's a thread. Yeah, whatever. Anyways.
0: Okay. Okay. So we are really clear. Let's see about it. So continuing with the story. At this point, we are in Jotunheim, by the way. And they are watching this entire scenario. They have put hurt on Otis's back. And Otis is like, yeah, ride me or kill me, whatever. His hands are incredibly depressed. depressed and Magnus and, by the way, like kids have popped up. At this point, it, Yeah, let's have popped up yeah, at this yeah, point. It and uh, yeah, he did. And some um, and like everybody's kind of like you know fussing over her because Hurt isn't exactly himself yet. And like Magnus, like Hurt hands, Magnus, this you, which kind of looks like uh like the addition symbol, but kind of lied down. Uh you know, like it is basically this symbol called portro which means, uh, according to like, Sam, which kind of means this slanted glass or slanted like vessel, which could uh, mean spilled drinks, or which could mean like, you know, when you like slant the thing which contains the cube of the sugar, which kind of it like means feed. This is all something which at the end of the day, it means an empty vessel, which can be refilled. And this is the point that Hurt and Magnus like Magnus asks Hurt that what is it about it because Hurt is telling Magnus kind of signing to Magnus that the portrayal is him, and so Hurt asks Sam to tell Magnus about Hurt's backstory. And this is the point we first time here. What happened to Hurt? When Hurt was younger, like he was you know deaf and he couldn't speak throughout his life, and at this point he like. He was a disappointment to his parents. And his brother was not. His brother was kind of like good at everything and beloved <sighs> by his parents. And when his brother died, like he had nothing to do with it. He was just living his own life. His brother died young. And his parents constantly told him that the wrong brother died, that he should have been the one to die. Oh, and, man. oh my God, this infuriated me so much. It really. It's such a thing. I just
1: i'll just add to the woozing wound that there is some rule of hurt and the death of his brother actually like there is and uh hurt probably like he understands that but he does not like hold that that close because it's because he is deaf like that was the reason he couldn't save his brother and it's, I just, yeah, I, I have no words.
0: Okay, that was sad. And also when, like, you know, Hort always wanted to do be magic because he wanted to, you know, overcome himself for his lack of abilities. And mm-hmm. when he couldn't, like, you know, find a way to do magic, he went to murmur, like, the cut her head, like, the beheaded head kind of thing. They let some heart break and Blitz mm-hmm. and the Porn, they find it. Uh, so he was given this option that he could either, you know, overcome his disabilities or he could do magic, which wasn't a fair child at least. But and then they he chose magic. He wanted to be a magician more than he wanted to be quote unquote normal. So yeah. I think like uh, at this point, Sam also tells Langers that. You have to like give a lot of sacrifice. You have to do a lot of sacrifice to gain the like the magic of the stones because Odin was probably hanging off you know a tree for nine days also with his yep. sword in the stomach. So yeah, Not you know the picture.
1: there's actually like this weird story like um I, you know like the Norse mythology stories are more as I might have actually explained it to you that they are like so much more abstract that it almost seems like someone was doing this psychedelic drugs and they just started writing this. (laughs) Well, um, there's this certain imagery that Odin, well, Odin is also called Odin the All-Father. And he's like this person who knows everything that's gonna happen in the future, that's happening right now, all over the world and everything. And like, how does he come to know about this? Well, from the pool of knowledge and the pool of, which I think that's where Mimir's head is floating, by the way. But anyways, that's a conversation. Uh-huh. The day. Well, Odin actually does something. Like he does this ritual before the universe like comes into existence as a whole that we know of. Odin existed and Odin, I mean, this sentence is so weird, but yeah, whatever. He Killed himself, like gutted himself. Then he hung himself from the tree, which is uh-huh, the, tree uh-huh, of the nine what I was
0: talking about. Yeah. Yep.
1: And then he
0: came to life.
1: I just don't understand. Like, how can you gut yourself?
0: And he also gave up one of his eyes, I guess. Yeah, so he yeah.
1: also did that. This I'm like, is a
0: sorry being.
1: I don't know the steps. I don't understand the ritual, whole process of it. I have no logic about this.
0: What is Miller doing with all the knowledge? God knows.
1: It's, yeah, no one knows. (laughs) But his head (laughs) is just swimming in the pool. Yeah. Mm So, yeah,
0: this Ida thing kind of like, obviously a nerd because it's like, okay, that was intense. And when they're doing all of that, like they come across this, you know, a real r- r- kind of thingy or like, yeah, it is a river it is river thing. And man, like, everybody notices this other goat out there. And, you know, the goat kind of starts screaming at them, like, oh, wh- wh- whatever you're doing, come here, come here, help and yeah, whatever, like the half dead elf and whatever. He's kind of speaking gibberish, and Otis introduces this goat as his brother, Marvin, which is the other goat that Thor kills. And this team is going to save Thor from drowning, by the way. <laughs> With that, we come to chapter 49, which is well, there's your problem. You have got a sword up your nose and Thor is oh, running no. in a normal river he, he, he's literally running on a normal river and he's holding onto this rock which doesn't exactly have any place to hold onto and he's almost running so Marvin kind of tells them that if you don't sell Thor I'm going to kill you all which is a better attitude than whatever Opus was showing I guess <laughs> so an improvement at the end of the day and they are kind of looking around and then they watch like Thor's Red like Thor has got red beard and, like, you know, like bodybuilder arms, and his vest is kind of looking like its designer. And Mm -hmm. like, he is running and his head is just up. And then they look up and then they see this like giantess. And by the way, Magnus describes the 50 feet giantesses in the later chapter as small. So just imagine the height (laughs) of the giantess, Uh... he is huge. And she is wearing this kind of, you know, animal hides as a clothing and she's picking her out and, you know, trying to kill Thor and Thor is barely hanging on to his life. So Magnus practically looks at Jack and is like, you can see Thor and then we might get information from him. So let me see. And Jack is like, you will feel terrible, terrible after this. Um, and Magnus is like there is no other option. you got to do what you're gonna do. And then he kind of just fl- like the uh, Jack obviously tells him to fling him up. And so Magnus flings him up. And it just sticks up the nose, as the name of the chapter, you know, suggests. Uh-huh. And he dies and falls down. And at- out there, Marvin starts screaming, You killed Thor, because the giant is fell on Thor. And constantly I'm like, why isn't Thor doing anything? Like, he is probably supposed to be strong, like, strong air in the Marvel universe, but he's practically just dumped out here. He is um, <laughs> obviously at this point he cannot do anything because he doesn't have the sword. I don't know if he can use his powers without the not the sword, the hammer. <laughs> I don't know if he can use like his powers without the hammer, but he doesn't like to do that. So, um. So once, like, you know, Thor kind of flies up from the underarm of child death <laughs> and he's like, Magnus? Like, he doesn't call him by his name, but yo, that was cool. Like, this is his first expression. So now we're going to move on to chapter 50, which is, no spoilers, Thor is way behind on his shows. So by the way, Thor is kind of addicted to shows like The Breaking Bad and I don't know, Sherlock and stuff like that. <laughs> and he is obsessed. Like I was just thinking that if he knows Breaking Bad, then I guess he knows like Marvel Verse. How does <laughs> he feel about that? If he yeah. The school yeah. And I kind of thought about it, but probably he doesn't know. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I think he does. And
1: it actually, I think it comes up later in the story. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. It does. It does.
0: Okay, that would be kind of cool. So, <laughs> kind of Thor tells them that you can kill the goats, and Magnus is like, but they are, they would die. And Thor is like, no, as long as you don't break the bones, it is cool. You can just kill them. So, the next day, next day, like they all go ahead and kill the goats, and they don't break the bones. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. And Magnus kind of, he clearly gives this like, some detail about the code procuring for some reason. like He just decides to do that. And then he's like, you thought that would turn me into a vegetarian? No, I'm still going to eat goats. I don't know. That is a very weird thing to do. But he did that. And then they start discussing about things. And her, you know, her is like, okay, these are the shows I was watching. But without my hammer, I cannot watch these shows. So, I need it back. Oh, but man. by the way, I did not lose my hammer. I did not lose my hammer, but I cannot watch the shows with my hammer. And I'm not watching the shows, even though I'm addicted to them. And I want you to kind of go searching for the hammer. But I have not lost the hammer. And you cannot tell anybody that I have lost the hammer. So, yeah, do what you will do with that information. And Marcus is like, how is that possible? And he's like, you're yeah, my favorite species. You can do it.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: This conversation
1: is as is actually the ridiculous. Okay, by the way, I don't think you actually understand the um context of the mythological story behind not breaking the bones of the goats. I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh no.
1: So um again, this is a story. Like, I'll just tell you this much that most of the mythological, like Norse mythological stories are based on the relationship between uh thor and loki and the rest of the earth so in this story okay. thor and loki were actually traveling tra- thor and loki were actually traveling and they reached a village where it was like people welcomed them home and thor was like no i don't eat any other meat other than my goats and obviously the goats are immortal so he gets the goats and they share a meal with the house, like the hosts. And the just mentions that, you know, just don't um, eat the bones, like just leave the bones alone and um, they're going to be alive tomorrow anyways. So, and Loki being Loki, like anything like Loki, this whispers into the ears of the young like son of the host that if you suck on the bones of these goats, you might be able to get this superhuman strength of Thor which might be useful oh. in your business. And so the younger son does like eat some of the bone marrow and all that and so the next day the Well, when the next day, when the goats come to life, one of the goats have this like hurt leg and like they cannot walk. So Thor cannot like use his chariot, which is drawn driven by goats. And that marks the beginning of another uh, future mythological story, which would come up later on. Again, I'm pretty sure about this.
0: Yeah, like there is a part where Magnus actually asks Thor what would happen if we do anything to the bones, yeah. and Thor is like, they would still resurrect, but they would just have a fracture or something, and yep. then I would have to kill you. Exactly. <laughs> or like make you my sleeve. So probably like <laughs> he has already has a sleeve like that.
1: Yeah, he His kind of really
0: starts with age. Yeah,
1: well, it was like not just like it was not like a sleeve thing. It was more like you have to come along with me and be a servant, kind of. And that was just one, another mythological That is story. the
0: definition of sleep, I think.
1: But, like, <laughs> he helped them, kind of, in that story. So, yeah, whatever.
0: Okay, so, yeah. With that, you know, I've come to chapter 51, which is we have to talk about the Terminator House Housewives yeah. chapter. So after they have this entire you know, discussion about uh, they have to you know, go ahead and retrieve the like the thunder sword or whatever Thor's sword is called. And, sword, not you know, sword, hammer. Hammer, hammer.
1: And it's, it's not hammer. thunder hammer. Yes. It's Mjolnir. I don't think it's that hard to pronounce even. Like Mjolnir yeah. is a marvel term, even.
0: I don't know. I didn't notice that. Me all <laughs> So, yeah, I told you I'm incredibly bad with this. Like, I'm ridiculously bad with things uh, I never answered the scientific names in biology classes. I was scared of those huh. But, yeah, continuing with the studies. Uh, so, Thor tells about this entire, you know, like this grand plan he crafted about not telling anybody about the fact that he lost the hammer, but kind of retrieving the hammer, then he goes to sleep and farts and snores. And the only person who kind of starts sleeping through this entire ordeal is Hearthstone. And other than that, they are pretty much, you know, alive and they're doing this campfire kind of thing and they're talking to each other. And, you know, Sam and Magnus kind of talk to each other. Um, Magnus, again, at this point is like, sorry, like, you kind of got kicked out at the Valkyrie thing. Because of me, but I promised you after all of this is done that you would get away. You had a Sam tells him that I had I always had a close connection with this entire god family because probably when the Valkyries, not the Valkyries are there when the Norse people, the Vikings kind of moved around entire Europe, they settled in Russia, a little part of them, and they called themselves Russ. And Amongst them, like there was this guy with this long-ass name, and Sam is probably one of the descendants of one of those guys, which is like, which kind of makes her like part Norse in a way. So yeah, she's related Mm -hmm. to it, and their family is kind of like no stranger to you know godly activities. So when her mother found out that her like her lover was Loki, she did not freak out. She was kind of like, yeah, but I I understood (laughs) it, and. Yeah, like, this entire thing happened. And they're talking about it. Magnus kind of tells uh, Sam that, I understand that you gave up so much throughout your life, but I'll make sure that you get back your position in the Valkyrie and fly again. Then you will also be able to buy a movie and all of, and everything would be good. Like, everything would be fine. And <sighs> that was, like, so freaking sweet. Yeah. And like, Sam also, like, just think, like, Sam being nice to somebody, like actually verbally being nice to somebody, that is like severe. But Sam is also like, "Thank you." I think that's the nicest thing anybody has ever told.
1: And you know, like like since you are mentioning it, anyways, I'll just say this: like, I think it has already come up, or maybe it will come up later on. Like Sam, at one point, stops pulling up her hijab over her head in front of Magnus and the company. And when Magnus one day asks
0: her. I think, yeah, it was.
1: And when Magnus actually asks her, why would you like do that? Because you are anyways uh, used to uh, putting your hijab over your head. Sam was like, you know, I don't do that in front of my family. And you consider, and I consider you guys as a part of my family. So I guess this is the warming up process.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, that is actually, you know, how found families are built, which is so yeah. cool. And yeah, like Magnus tells her that we can go back to being, you know, at each other's throat tomorrow. We can just be nice to each other. And like, yeah, they have this cute moment. And this leads us to chapter 52, which has no cute moment, by the way. And <sighs> which the name of the chapter is, I got the ho- ro- horse right here. His name is Sandi. And this Mm -hmm. chapter basically starts with them, you know, leaving Thor, sleeping out there and heading off. And (laughs) the the, the giantess is still lying dead there. So they kind of climb up the giantess's body and they kind of travel this entire road. Then they come to this mountain where the gates really has this power where he can punch through mountains, not punch through them, but like punch holes into mountains. So he uses that power to punch holes in them. And then they create this tiny little ladder and then they tie themselves up with the, you know the new rope for the friendless wolf and then they climb up the mountain. But after a the point they are so weary that they go to sleep, and then the, when they wake up the next morning, they analyze the situation, and it is very, very hard to you know actually cross this entire path. And this is the point that they again turn to for. And her, it fills up this end looking, you know, room. And he's like, This is this means horse is probably is going to, you know, doing something. And they are all looking at each other. And this kind of like he someone something and this horse with eight pair of legs pops up in the sky mm-hmm. and and it flies down, like it doesn't have wings, but it flies down. And they all kind of hop up on its back. Like, Hurt is again very really weak at this point because of his magic again. And they all hop up on the back of this horse. And then the horse decides to just jump down. And then the horse, like, kind of lands at the bottom of it and lands just petrified. Like, he's like, I thought you we were going to die.
1: So, remember, Tanisha, when I was talking about, like, a horse comes up in the story and you take me to the horse and I'm going to tell you a whole new story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this is the story. This horse is a child of Loki.
0: Yep. Like but- not this horse. I think this horse's father is the child of Loki. because it is Loki's grandson. Because okay. Magnus also tells oh. Sam that this is your nephew, right? Sam is like, do not go there and so yeah
1: that makes more sense sorry yeah yeah
0: then then blitz kind of tells magnus that yeah loki is this horse's father's mother and magnus is like what the fuck?
1: yeah so you got the hint that loki is the mother do you understand that fact (laughs) so since like loki can metamorphose right because as you've seen like he transformed into this fly and all that so there was this another story in Norse mythology when a giant actually attacked Asgard. And the gods were like, "Yo, you can't just attack us. We are like the peacemakers of the whole universe and all that. We are super strong." And Thor was about to like uh well, Thor was actually probably absent from the situation and that's why the gods needed some kind of intervention. And so they turned towards uh, Loki, who was the master of words, basically. And Loki, like the gods persuaded Loki to make the giant do something to their favor, and Loki, with his super artist tree of words and
0: Oh, all I, that, I, I, I understood like I caught the thought I just. Well, uh,
1: yeah. Loki made so the giant build a wall all around Asgard. Now, mm-hmm. as the wall was being built uh, day by day, like they just had a challenge that if the wall cannot be built within this stipulated number of days, then the giant will be killed and the, or the giant would go away and can't return. It depends on the variation of the myth that you listen to. And, uh, if the giant actually manages to complete his task, then he gets to marry Freya, who is the obviously the, the goddess of beauty and love and all that, and the most beautiful woman in the whole universe. And oh. so, uh, as the day approaches, it's visible that the giant has almost completed his task, and Freya was like, "I am not going to marry that freaking giant." Like, Loki, you did this to me. You're going to complete your task. Like, you have to convince the giant and not marrying me. Or you have to at least stall the work or something. And because that's a giant, right? And he has been working all day long for months, for years, probably not years, for months at this point. And the giant does not take any rest. So Loki was like, this giant has a horse who actually like carries all the bricks and all that. And here's what I'm going to do. So Loki
0: transformed oh.
1: into a mare. who is the female oh. horse. And he, I'm sorry, she, the mare, she seduced the giant's horse and literally took him to the forest. And the giant kept running behind his horse and... He could only return when the day had, stipulated day had passed and Loki had not arrived. Loki came up later. And the giant then left with his uh, horse. Probably he left or the Thor with his hammer killed him. And Loki did not arrive for many days. And the gods were like, oh, my God, we finally got rid of Loki. That's so good. But no, Loki did arrive later on. Well, Loki did not arrive alone. Loki had a child by his side. And this was the child that Loki had as a female. And this child was basically a horse. And whose name is, okay. if I'm not wrong, Sleipnir. So, yeah. Yeah, his name is
0: Sleipnir and Stanley is probably Sleipnir's son. Because the sleepier belongs to somebody, I think it's Odin. It belongs to or somebody like it belongs to one of the major gods. So yeah,
1: yeah, and also another thing, I think just keep this in the back of your mind. Loki being a mother, this comes up later in the story again. La 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 la.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because, like, this story is kind of, like, I don't know, interesting. I don't know. interesting. It
1: just just focuses on the fact that Loki is gender fluid. And I'm like, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, but that is right. But at the same time, I don't know why it came to my mind about the Omegaverse. I don't know. It just (gasps) popped up in my head. Keeping an aside yeah like uh then they are you know they have come to in front of the palace and they are standing on the ledge of the palace which is by the way ridiculously big and they're kind of you know cooking up a plan and one of the 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 people by the people i mean sam kind of tells man is that okay what we're going to do is the two of us are going to go in and Horik and blitz are kind of going to stand here and if we Run into any trouble, we are going to call them. Otherwise, we won't call them. And what we are going to do is, we are going to, you know, talk to the giants and ask them that if we uh-huh. can achieve it. And yeah, that is why we are going to end this chapter
1: because Magnus be like
0: sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you liked this episode you can always check out the other episodes that have been published before. And if you want to check out our future episodes to, you, you know, in the first week, we generally publish Percy Jackson, then Mango strains, then The Hunger Games, and then The Lunar Chronicles. So we will be following this order. You can always check everything out. We would really appreciate it.
1: And if you would like to join us along our journey in the socials, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and all that links are in the description below you can also send us voice messages by the way and again links are in the description below so I guess with that we come to the end of this episode and bye for now see you next time in the next episode till then love you and love yourselves bye stay
0: tuned have a good life bye bye bye